Um, good morning. So the topic uh, for this morning is uh, the church's beloved family. And the passage it's based on is from 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 to chapter 5, verse 1, which I'll read now and then I'll pray. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. Let's pray. Abba Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, please open our hearts this morning to understand and know more deeply the love that you have for each one of us and help us to respond to your love by loving each other in the way that you have commanded us. Amen. Well, for me, the first verse in this passage encapsulates pretty much the whole of the Christian faith. We love because he first loved us. What does it mean that he loves us? Well, that's a topic that's filled many books and many sermons over the centuries, but I'll try to summarize it in a few words. The God who created the universe and everything in it, whose hands flung stars into space in the world's words of an old Graham Kendrick song, has chosen to love us, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. The truth, even though we may not feel it right now, is that we are the chosen children of God, precious in God's eyes, called the beloved from all eternity and held safe in an everlasting embrace. How do we know this? Supremely because God in Jesus became man and died in our place on the cross. I once asked a dear friend why she became a Christian and she replied that it was when she realised that God loved her so much that had she been the only person in the world, Jesus would have died on the cross for her. That is true for each and every one of us. What is our response to be to God's love? One might say, in a nutshell, it is to allow ourselves to be loved by him, to claim our identity as the beloved. In the words of one of my favourite authors, Brennan Manning, define yourself radically as one beloved by God. This is the true self. Every other identity is illusion. Sounds easy, doesn't it? Well, if my experience is anything to go by, and I'm sure I'm not alone, it is anything but. The world is a place that constantly tries to force us to compare ourselves to others and to make judgments accordingly. I've struggled for many years to accept God's unconditional love for me. And like many sent away to boarding school at an early age, I put on a mask of confidence to the world that hides my true identity and vulnerability. Last year, I spent a week at Holy Trinity came down on a course entitled Encountering the Father's Love. It was very tense and exhausting, but also profoundly helpful. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, things were revealed to me that were stumbling blocks to my being able to fully accept the depth of God's love for me. And he showed me in extraordinary ways that he knows my insecurities and needs. 
I know that I've a long way to go on that journey, but I also know that he has brought me a long way along the path. Let's take it in the Most of my life has been said by many people. God loves us just as we are, but he, lo he loves us too much to leave us that way. The more we understand and we know and understand God's love for us, the more our love for him grows. We love because he first loved us. I've asked James to post something uh, called the Father's Love Letter. Was that right the way we're, at, right we're in? Yeah. on the church website and I'd encourage you to read this and meditate on the truth that it contains. Um, there's also a link to a website where you can access some great resources to help you grow in the knowledge of God's love for you or you can email me and I'll send you the relevant links. So what about the second element of the passage, the command to love our brothers and sisters in Christ? It's an often repeated cliche that you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. And I think that is true of the church family as well. It's God who chooses, not us. Most churches, and St. Swithin's is no different, are made up of a pretty diverse bunch of people who might not rub shoulders in the normal course of daily life. And yet, we're bound together by this truth. We are all sons and daughters of the living God, and we are therefore members of the same family. There's a definite sense of an act of will in the command to love one another. And who's been married for a long time, that is true for relationships in the church family as well. But as we grow in our love of God, in response to his love for us, so we grow in our love for one another, recognising that each person is so loved by God, he's died for him or her. Another of my favourite authors, Henry Nowen, puts it this way, God's love is a love that includes all people, each one in his or her uniqueness. It is only when we have claimed our place in God's love, experience this embracing, non-comparing love, and feel safe, not only with God, but also with our brothers and sisters. He goes on to say, when we claim and constantly reclaim the truth of being the chosen ones, we soon discover within ourselves a deep desire to reveal to others their own chosenness. Instead of making us feel that we are better, more precious, or, val or valuable than others, our awareness of being chosen opens our eyes to the chosenness of others. That is the great joy of being chosen, the discovery that others are chosen as well. In the house of God, there are many mansions. There is a place for everyone, a unique, special place. Once we, treat, we deeply trust that we ourselves are precious in God's eyes, we are able to recognize the preciousness of others and their unique place in God's heart. And the outworking of this is that the church becomes the beloved family, radically committed to one another and fulfilling the command that Jesus gave us in John 13 to love one another 
as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples. And I find it so encouraging to see that this is happening. A friend of mine came on our last Alpha course and has since given his life to the Lord. A significant part of in his journey to faith was the love that he witnessed and experienced at St. Swithin's. To quote him, there's a lot of love in that place. And in these difficult times, it's being shown in acts of kindness to one another every day. From a simple phone call to collecting prescriptions for those who are self-isolating or buying jars of Marmite for those like me who simply can't live without it. Every person on this planet is loved equally by God, regardless of whether they have responded to his invitation yet. And it is his desire that none should perish. We are called to show his love to them through the way that we love one another as his beloved church family. Let's close in prayer. Loving God, we yield to your loving kindness once again. Thank you that you are our Heavenly Father and we are your beloved children. We find it hard to truly, deeply believe this sometimes, but we choose to receive it as truth once again and we allow this truth to shape our lives today. May we grow in our love for you and for one another so that all men may know that we are your disciples and be drawn to accept your invitation to join your beloved family through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you.